greetings, beloved, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me start by thanking those of you who braved the, the, the cold weather and you are here today. It's good. It's for your advantage that you are in the house of the Lord all the time. Because the Lord wants to equip us, the Lord wants to train us, so that you may live in victory here on the earth. And secondly, just to say that I missed some of you for the past two weeks, I think all of you. We had visited, so we were not around, but I heard you had a blessed time. I heard you had a blessed time first with Pastor Louis James, and after that with Elder Maluleke. And it was as if we were here, because the Spirit of the Lord is always among us. Amen. So, what I'm going to share with you today, we'll take it as a series, but I just want to start by sharing with you something as an introduction so that you can think about that as you go to 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 and 5. I'll do it in the NLT, uh, Mr. MJ, but let me just start by sharing with you all of you, when you observe around us, you can see that this world is cruel. Isn't it? You can see that the devil is on the rampage. So when God created the heavens and the earth, he created this place to be peaceful places. To be places where everything would be going well with us. But then if you read the book of Revelation chapter 12, you will hear that the devil who used to be called Lucifer before, he wanted to rebel against God and he had a third of the angels with him that were siding with him. And then the Bible says when the devil rebelled, Michael and his angels fought with the devil and the devil was not strong enough. He and his angels were thrown down to the earth. The Bible says, woe unto the inhabitants of the earth, because the devil has been thrown down to you in great fury. So when you see many things being very bad and cruel things, and all the bad things, that is the sign that the enemy is on the rampage. Because in John 10, 10, the Bible says, the thief cometh not but for to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Now, you would say to me, but Lord, why do you leave us in this world where such a devil has come out and is running amok and doing everything possible to destroy mankind? Sometimes you even find people who say they love one another, killing each other. Sometimes you just move around, you see all the things, all the bad things that are happening and you feel why on earth would things like this be happening? It's just a sign that the devil is still there. But then, for you and I, we need to take courage. I want you to look at 1 John 5, 4 and 5, just as an introduction, and then we will go for many scriptures. I'm going to take you on this series. Because how some of us are overcoming, it's not because the devil doesn't want us to attack us, to kill us, to destroy us, to do whatever he wants. We just know how to put him under our feet. Amen. You know, we usually say the devil is under my feet. Even with all the things that he may want to do against you, you need to be equipped to know how to handle him. 
And the Lord has given us his word already. He has given us everything that we need. He's given us the right armor to face the enemy. The other time I told some of you that the devil and God are not in the same class. That's why God doesn't fight with the devil. Do you know that? Even in, in heaven when, when, when Lucifer rebelled, the Bible doesn't say, and God fought with the devil. It says Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and his angels. You get that? So it means you are also equipped to handle him. Look at this. First John 5, 4 and 5. Mr. MJ, take that one for us. I've got it in the NLT, but maybe let's go NLT route. Otherwise, we can look at any other version. First John 5, 4 and 5. For every child of God defeats this evil world. Okay. <laughs> Repeat that, se that sentence and end it where you say this evil world. Uh -huh. For every child of God defeats this evil world. Do you believe the word of God? Amen. Huh? So listen to the word of God. Repeat that. For every child of God defeats this evil world. So the Bible acknowledges that this world is evil. But it says, every child of God defeats this evil world. Now look, if we are all believers here, just see how much the devil is in trouble. Because each of you in your own corner, you will be defeating him. Amen? Continue. And we achieve this victory through our faith. Okay. It says, every child of God defeats this world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. So it means we need to be taught faith so that we can know how to defeat this evil world. Continue. And who can win this battle against the world? Hmm. It's a battle. But who can win it? Only those who believe that Jesus is the son of God. Amen. Amen. Do I have some believers here? Amen. Do I have some believers here? We are overcomers. Can we all say we are overcomers? We are overcomers. Amen. Amen. We defeat this world. Whichever way that this world is coming against you in, we are all confronted with challenges, but those challenges are not from God. God is in your team. You are in God's team. Amen. It is the enemy that is coming against you. It is the enemy that wants to put you under so much pressure and even try to make things very difficult for you. But the Bible says, we defeat this evil world. I'm an overcomer. Tell your neighbor you are sitting next to a champion. Amen. And the good thing is that even with that very same challenge that you have, because some of you say, Pastor, you just don't know what I'm going through. That's the reason why we need to tell you this. You just don't know what God says. Because it says every child of God defeats this evil world. Every believer defeats this evil world. So when you hear people saying, I don't know what God is doing in my life. I don't know why this, if God is there, why doesn't this and this happen? God doesn't do anything with that. He has already given you the victory. He says you handle him. Amen. It's like if you give somebody something to work with, you give somebody a key to your house, 
And you say, get into my house. If it's raining, get in there. And then they've got the key, but they don't get in and it's raining. It will rain over them, isn't it? And they will be wet. And you find them sitting there and saying, but if it's, if it's so-and-so's will, then I shouldn't be wet. No, you're wet because you're not using the keys that you have. Amen. So God has already said everything about what we need in this world and how we can live in victory. All he is doing is he is watching and waiting to see whoever is holding that word that he can confirm that word in that person's life. Somewhere, I think, mommy, I think we're coming back and we're hearing there was this debate on the was it on radio when somebody was talking about he doesn't believe there is God and all these beliefs and everything and all the things that people are saying. Why does such a thing happen if there is God and all that? And you can just see that people are confused. Okay? But what confuses people more is they don't want to go and ask from God himself and look at his word. What does the word say? They use their own reasoning. So in his mind, there is no God because of this and this and this. But he's talking about his situation and he wants his situation to be <laughs> what all of us believe it. When actually the word of God is very clear. God says he is always watching. Let's go to, first, to Jeremiah 1 verse 12. AMPC Amplified Classic. Because I want to teach you the basics of faith. And we're going to take this faith series as a series. Because it talks about everyone born of God defeats this evil world. And what defeats the world is our faith. So you need to know that your faith is that commodity that will defeat the world. Whether it's around protection, the word of God says something about it. Whether it's about your financial needs, the word of God says something about it. Whether it's about peace in your family, the word of God talks something about it. Whether it's about Anything that you can think of, anything that you need, God has something to say about it. So it means your challenge and my challenge is to go and say, Father, what do you say about this situation? God always says something about it. And he wants to make that word good in your life. So first, uh, Jeremiah one twelve Amplified Classic. Read it for us, Mr. MJ. <coughs> then said the Lord to me, you have seen well. For I am alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. So you see what God is doing. God is alert and active, watching over his word to perform it. So when he sees you holding that word, and you're saying, but Lord, you have said. But Father, you said. But Father, you said. He says, yes, you've seen correctly. I want to fulfill that word in your life. But if you don't know the word of God, you are going to be always talking about what people are saying. You are going to be telling us about the latest news. How many of you know that the devil is not afraid of news? And some of those bad news, he created them. Amen. The only thing that the enemy is afraid of is the word of God. That's why even Jesus, when he was confronted with the devil, you remember what Jesus said? What did he say? It is written. He didn't try to debate with the devil from his own standpoint. He always said it is written. So in your own life, 
whatever you are facing, are you able to say it is written? Are you able to say it is written, my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. It's not the temple of sickness. It is written, in my house there will be peace. It is written, my children will be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. It is written, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. It is written, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It is written, he covers me with his feathers. Under his wings I take refuge. It is written, I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. It is written, a thousand may fall on my side and ten thousand on the other side, but it will not come near me. You see, that's somebody who knows what is written. The devil can't go against that. Amen? So that's why we are challenging all of you to say you need to know what God's word says. Because faith begins where the will of God is known. Some of the people, they just say, no, I believe God for this or I believe this or I believe that. But you don't have a word for it. So you do not know if it is the will of God for you to get that thing. That's why some of you would end up saying, if it is your will, Lord. Because you didn't check, is it his will? But if he has already declared something about it, all you need to do is to know what is written. And then you can say, it is written. Now, if you look at what we call the word of God, do you know that the word of God, the Bible refers to the word of God as, Jesus is also referred to as the word of God. If you look in the beginning, God said, let us create, let us, and he was talking God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of the Lord hovered over the waters. And God said. So the Spirit of the Lord was there. God the Father was there. But when he spoke, that is his word, which then says God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit always operate in unison. Amen? So when you talk about the Trinity, some of you, you've heard that word, the Trinity, isn't it? We, are not, we don't talk about three gods. It's one God who manifests himself in three ways. It's like you. Do you know that you are a tripartite being? Not tripartite alliance. Tripartite being. Okay? Tripartite being means you are one person, but you manifest in three ways. Okay? So let me make it simple for you. What you see on the outside is my body, is my flesh, isn't it? You don't see my spirit. You don't see my soul. And when you hear somebody saying, my body... It can't be the body saying my body. Have you noticed that? When you say my body, who is saying my body? Is it this body? Because the body can't say my body because it's the body. So the real you is that one on the inside of you which if your body drops dead now, we say you are gone, but the body is still there. Why do we say so and so is gone or why so and so is departed? But we come there and we say, let's pay our last respect. You look at him and he looks the same that you saw him when he was sleeping before. But now, the real, that person is, is gone. Okay? 
which means that when you are a person, it's not just this flesh. That's why some of you, you allow this flesh to dominate you and always sin and live a sinful life. While the real you is not this flesh. This flesh is just your earthly suit. A suit that allows you to be legal here on the earth. That's why when somebody comes as a spirit, we say it's a ghost. We don't want ghosts here. Okay? Anything that is spiritual is not allowed to manifest here on earth and live without a body. So even when Jesus had to come on earth, he had to have a body. Even when the Holy Spirit now has to operate on earth, he has to use my body. That's why the Bible talks of my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. So therefore, if you go with me to the book of 1 John, uh, John chapter 1, verse 1 to 3, John chapter 1, verse 1 to 3, I want to show you how God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit operate as one. And therefore, the part of God that we understand better, in my view, is the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he became flesh. He became human like you and I. Do you know that sometimes when you want to think of, sometimes when you want, your mind wants to picture God and say, how could God be looking like? And you try, your mind just can't fashion God. Is he like an old man sitting and, and how, how is, so your mind just can't picture God. Okay? But at least when you think of Jesus who became flesh, we can picture him. You remember after he rose, he said, put your finger on my, to see where the, the hole was, the scars and all that, and he was saying to Judas, it's me, to Thomas. Thomas. You remember that? So they could see him as a human being. So he became flesh. Which means we can relate more, we can understand him better. Because then he, be, he came in human form. You get that? So look, with that in mind, look at John 1, 1 to 3 AMPC. In the beginning, before all time, was the word Christ. Okay. So the Bible refers to Christ as the word. So when we're talking about the word of God, you can think of the word of God as what's written in your Bible. You can think of the word of God as what God may reveal himself to you. But all that is encapsulated in who Christ is. Continue. And the word was with God. Okay. When it says, and the word was with God, it's trying to distinguish that there is the word and God. But then look at the next sentence. And the word was God himself. Okay. Do you get that? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. But the word was God himself. Okay, continue. He was present originally with God. Yeah. Now, I want you to look at verse 3 because this is where our issues of faith are going to start from. Because I want you to understand this. We're starting with basic things about faith, about your relationship with Jesus, but about how then you can have the same authority, the same way that God used his word to create things, you can use the same word to create things. Amen? The same way 
that when it was dark, God said, let there be light, and there was light. You can use the same word to make things happen. So look at verse 3 closely. All things were made and came into existence through him. Who is the him? The word. The word. Mm. Is it? Mm-hmm. All things were, that were made came into existence through him. The word. Uh-huh. Mm. And without him was not even one thing made that has come into being. Okay. It's very clear. So it says, without the word, not even one thing came into being. Can we all say without the word? Not even one thing came into being. Now, it means even in your own life, when you need something, you need the word. When you have the word, you have the seed of anything that you need. Okay. I remember this part. You remember how when the word of God comes to a place, and the spirit of the Lord is there. Things happen. When God created the heavens and the earth. It says the spirit of the Lord hovered on the face of the deep. And God said let there be light and there was light. So as long as the spirit of the Lord is there. And the word of God is there. When the word is spoken in the presence of his spirit. Things do happen. That's how God created the heavens and the earth. So now, for us as children of God, we need to say, in my own life, I need the Spirit of the Lord to always be upon me. But I also need to speak the word. I need to speak things into being. I need to declare what God has said. So God used his word to bring things to pass. But if you look, when it says nothing came into being without him, the word. But it says this word was God. Can I just clear that part about this word was God? Go with me to the book of Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 to 20, NLT, New Living Translations. Colossians chapter 1, 15 to 20, Mr. MJ, NLT. I want you to look at this because this now, Colossians chapter 1, I'm going to start showing you how when you use faith, You are just operating in a spiritual realm so that the things that are in the spiritual realm may manifest in the natural. Let me repeat. When you use faith, you are operating in the spiritual realm so that the things that are on the spiritual realm may manifest in the natural. You as Africans must understand it better. You know, I usually always say about how those wizards and witches and all that, and you, were told, you will be told they can go through the door even if it's locked. Now, it means they are not operating in the natural. They are operating in the spiritual, isn't it? But whatever they are doing in the spiritual can manifest in the natural. So the devil just copies things. Okay? So you are also able to operate in the spiritual So even when Jesus became flesh, he, Jesus, is God. He is spirit. The Bible says God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So I want you to just bear with me so that you can understand this truth. Holy Spirit will make it clear to you. So let's look at this. Colossians chapter 1, 15 to 20 NLT. 
Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. That's the part I wanted. Let's start there. Mm. I said, it's probably a bit easier to understand God the Son or Jesus because he became visible. He became human. The Bible says, and the word became flesh and he dwelt among us. So it says Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Can we all say God is invisible? So Jesus became the visible image of the invisible God. So now I want to ask you a question. The fact that God is not visible, does it mean there is no God? It's just not visible by natural eyes, isn't it? So things that are in the spiritual realm, you may not see them with your physical eyes, but it doesn't mean they are not there. Actually, some of them are not even in the spiritual. You know that they will talk about, uh, it's good that we've got some scientists here among us, Dr. Makado and the rest. You guys will talk about the microbes or those small, maybe the germs, and we need a microscope to see it and that. It's not even the spiritual, it's a natural thing, that thing, but you can't see it with your eyes. Does it mean gems are not there? Because you can't see them. So why do you say they are there when you can't see them? Hmm? So you always say, no, unless I see it, I won't believe it. Like Thomas. So do you see the gems? Huh? You don't see them. Isn't it? But you know they are there. So what you don't see doesn't mean it's not there. How many of you have ever seen your lungs? Or your intestines. Now, if somebody were to say to you, you don't have lungs, you don't have intestines. And you say, and you say I have them, I have them. Prove it to me, you don't have it. Have you ever seen it? But you know you've got it. Isn't it? Okay, now. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Now, I want to start, because when we walk faith, we're talking about a spiritual principle which needs to be manifested in the natural. Okay? So sometimes you will struggle with faith if you always want to see things with your physical eyes. Because you want it to be physical when it's actually a spiritual thing. So you've got to first understand it in the spiritual and first have it in the spiritual, then it can be seen in the natural. You remember the time when Elisha was besieged by the Syrian armies, when he was always telling the king of Israel what was happening, and then the soldiers went there and they besieged Elisha and his servant. You remember that story? And when the servant woke up in the morning and he looked and he saw a lot of chariots, horses, and all the the, 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 the soldiers that were coming to capture Elisha and his servant, and they were just two. But the man of God said, when the servant said, the servant came to the man of God, man of God, we've got a problem. A lot of soldiers are coming against us. What are we going to do? The man of God says, there are more of us than there are with them. And I think that servant was thinking, what do you mean? Is the old man getting old? There are more of us than there are with them when we are just two. And the man of God said, open his eyes. Now, when the Lord opened his spiritual eyes, it says, 
And these servants saw that there were chariots of fire around them that were even more powerful than what the enemy had. So some of you just don't know how surrounded you are. Amen. Amen. You are well surrounded. Your house is well surrounded, well covered. Amen. Those who operate in the spiritual, when they try to come and bewitch you, they will testify to you that, Ish, we just see fire. We come next to your house. There's just, there's just a lot of water that we can't cross through. Amen. They see something you can't see. Amen. Amen. But the fact that you can't see doesn't mean it's not there. Amen. Amen. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Continue. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. Mm. For through him, God created everything. Okay, so let's start. Through him, through Christ, there it says through the word. So I'm telling you the word in Christ is Jesus is the word. Okay, so it says through him, God created everything mm -hmm. in the heavenly realms okay. and I on want earth. I want you to look at the two things. Do you see the heavenly realms and do you see the earth? So there are things that are in the heavenly realm and there are things that are in the earthly realm. I want you to get this. I want you to understand this because if you understand this, you will understand faith. You will be able to declare things even when people say, no, you are lying. Why can't I see it? And you say it's there. It's because you're talking in another realm. Continue. He made things we can see and the things we can't see. Okay. What did he make? Things we can see and things we can't see. Can we repeat that? What did he make? Things we can see and things we can't see. But they are there. Amen. 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 So now, I want you to understand this because once you understand this, now, you will be able, even when you speak, sometimes you will think, speak things that we can see. Sometimes you speak things that we can't see. Amen. And it will be easy for you. And when people say, no, my brother, uh, you are lying. How can you say you are healed by the stripes of the Lord Jesus when we see you sneezing and all that? There are things that you can see and things that you can't see. But what you can't see can come into being as I draw them with my hand of faith. So faith is that hand that is able to receive or to translate something that is in the spiritual realm to become physical. Continue. He made things we can see and the things we can't see, mm. such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities in the unseen world. Or in the what? unseen world okay now if you think of this usually we get we trap ourselves because we always want to see okay now let me make it simple for you in terms of faith okay we talk about five physical senses I've forgotten some of them there is touch sight smell taste and hearing. There was one called proprioception. Is that six? But anyway, let's talk about these five. Okay. 
How many of you have ever noticed that you hear things you can't see? Eh? I want to show you that your senses complement each other. Okay? Can you see my voice? You hear it. Isn't it? You hear what you cannot see. But it doesn't mean that the fact that you can't see it doesn't mean that it's not there. Can you say, no, pastor doesn't have a voice because I don't see it. A person who is deaf will not hear what I say, even if they can see, but they can't hear. Okay? But if you want to hear, you've got to use the right sense for hearing. Okay? So, let's take another one. You you yeah, you hear things you can see. Anything, any of them. Usually you would find you, you use one sense to do something for something. So let's say the wind is blowing. Okay? You can see the effect of wind. You can see the effect of wind, like you see the leaves doing this. But because wind is air, you can't see it. But you can hear it rumbling and making sound and all that. Okay? So it means your senses complement each other. Now for a Christian, you've got another sense that is called faith. Tell your neighbor, you've got another sense. It's called faith. So you will see as we go through this that as a child of God, I'm not only limited to the five physical senses. So the fact that some things I can't see them or I can't hear them doesn't mean they are not there. If my spirit grasps grasp it, you know that when you spend more time in the word and you are praying, sometimes you are praying for something before you even receive it in the physical, once in your spirit you've got peace about it and you know I've got it. Amen. I've got it. I just have peace that I've got it. Amen. And you've got it. Even if your eyes cannot see it as yet. That's how faith works. You remember when Jesus was walking with his disciples and he saw the fig tree and he thought there were uh, figs there and he went there and he found no figs. So he came back with his disciples and he said, no man will eat fruit from you hereafter forever and his disciples heard him and they left. When they came back the next morning, they saw that the fig tree was dried up from the roots. So the time when Jesus said, no man eat fruit from you here after forever, he had cursed that fig tree, and the fig tree started drying up from the roots, but they could not see it in the physical. Only the next morning, Peter saw. It means your sight sense is behind. Tell your neighbor, your sight sense is behind. So, I will show you as we, as we proceed. There would be things where you hear. Yeah, maybe just hold your, hold your hand there. I want to show you. Let's go to the beginning. Hold your hand there. Let's go to the beginning. I'm just trying to put this together. Genesis 1, 1 to 4. So we'll go back to that one. Because I need to connect this. I want to show you that 
seeing it comes late after things are already there. Because you only now believe when you see it, but it was already there. It's just that your sight had not as yet captured it. Okay? Now look. Genesis 1, 1 to 4, Amplified Classic. In the beginning, God prepared, formed, fashioned, and created the heavens and the earth. So is that Colossians is just put now in Genesis. The earth was without form and empty waste, and darkness was upon the face of the very great deep. The Spirit of God was moving, hovering, brooding over the face of the waters. I want you to see when he talks about when God and he talks about his spirit. So the spirit of the Lord and God, you cannot separate that. Okay? You can't even separate God the Father from God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. And he says, and God said. So we hear about the spirit of the Lord brooding, the spirit of the Lord hovering. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now look at verse 4. And God Okay, let's go back. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. The spirit of God moved over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. That's faith. Okay, before seeing the light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was... So now, this is the same principle that happens with us. Speak it even before you can see it. Your senses will catch up. Yeah. Amen. 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 So let's go back to Colossians. I was just saying to you, you need to speak it before you can even see it. Your senses will catch up anyway. So it says, God saw that the light, but he's now seeing the light that he already saw in the spiritual he talked about it before it was seen, before it came into being. So let's go back to that Colossians. Mr. MJ, let's continue. It's Colossians 1, chapter 1, 15 to 20. Let's continue. The unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. Yes. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Mm. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he, so he is first in everything. Mm. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. You see verse 19. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. Okay, now. God being God, he chose to manifest himself through Christ when he came on the earth. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. How many of you know that God through the Holy Spirit dwells in me? How many of you know that my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? And God dwells in me. So it means when I'm going to operate in faith, I need to acknowledge who I am in Christ. I need to acknowledge that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. The spirit of the Lord dwells in me. When I speak, when I've got to do things, it's not me going to do it with my flesh. It is God in me doing his works. 
You remember Jesus used to say that the works that I do, it is not me doing the works, it is my Father in me doing his work through me. So when we say those who are sick, come, let's pray for you to be healed. When I'm laying hands on you, it is not me who is healing you. It is the God in me, his power that is in me, that heals you. Amen. Amen. So that's why when you speak in faith, and you say to evil spirits, get out of him in the name of Jesus. It is not you, it is the Jesus in you who is doing his works. Amen. Amen. So this is how faith works. So we need to understand that Jesus and the Father are one. So when you want to operate your faith in God, you need to do it understanding Jesus as the word of God, the Holy Spirit being there to bring things to pass. Things will be manifested. And God wants to always show himself through us. I told you that ghosts are not allowed to operate on the earth. You need a body. So the fact that I'm the temple, my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, it means when God wants to do something on earth, who does he need? Me. Can we all say me? He needs you also. As much as he needs me. Amen. That's why your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Now I want you to go to the book of John chapter 4. Verse 20 to 23 in the King James Version. I'm giving you this just as basics to start off with so that you will understand faith. You will understand the spiritual realm and the natural realm. So that when we declare things, you declare them in the spiritual and they will be manifested in the natural. Even when your mind doesn't understand it as yet, your mind understands things that are revealed to the five physical senses. But you walking in a different sense, the faith sense. The other time, Mr. Nathaniel, we were talking about the Jesus factor. Amen. For you, as a child of God, you've got an advantage. Because even though you face the same challenges that everybody in the world faces, you've got the Jesus factor with you. You've got God on your side. When God wants to manifest on the earth, he needs a human being. He needs your body. So you need God, God needs you. God wants to use you to reach out to his people. You remember when God wanted to come and deliver the children of Israel from the Egyptians? He says, I've seen the afflictions of my people. I've heard their, their cries and I know their sorrows. And he says, I've come down to deliver them. But then he was sending Moses. Amen. So John 4, 20 to 23, King James Version, Mr. MJ. Our fathers worshipped no, in this... it would be 14. Yeah, it would be 14. Let's go 14, 20 to 23. <clears throat> and that day you shall know that I am in my father, and ye in me, and I in you. I want you to look at this because I'm connecting what we're talking about. So he says in that day you will know that I'm in my father. You see that Jesus and the father are one. Amen. But he says and you in me. Now he is bringing us into uh, the picture. 
In that day you will know that I'm in the Father. And you in me. Now you are part of us now. Because if we don't start faith here, otherwise you will do faith almost like as an emergency exit. You know that some of you use faith like an emergency exit. In the unlikely event of the loss of cabin pressure. Do this and this and this. No, that's not how faith works. Amen. Faith is a way of life. So now, he starts by bringing us into his fold. So that when you exercise faith, you are doing it from the fold. You remember the dangers of trying to exercise faith when you are not in the fold. You remember the sons of Sceva. You remember there was time when Paul would be casting out devils and all that. And then the Bible says there were this group of people. They were called the sons of Sceva. They also went about and they wanted to cast out devils. They went, in the name of Jesus, they heard Paul say, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out. And evil spirits were going. Now they also thought we can also exercise faith. In the name of Jesus. Then they realized we don't know this Jesus. Whom Paul preaches. I think also if I was the demon, then I would have known this one is taking chances. They say in the name of Jesus, not the one that they are connected with, but is the Jesus whom Paul preaches. We command you to come out. What did those demons say? Okay, you said in the name of Jesus. Jesus we know. You said whom Paul preaches. Paul we know. But who are you? <laughs> and the Bible says that, if that man with the evil spirit, they got hold of those sons of Sceva, beat them, and the Bible says they left the, the, the city naked. Okay? Because they were trying to evoke something that they have no relationship with. I understand why the, the demons will behave that way. I also understand why the devil sometimes will defy what you tell him. Because imagine, last night you were busy using his tools. Now all of a sudden your stomach is full and you say, hey devil. <laughs> and the devil says, ah, who are you now? Are you not the one that we, hey, well now when you see other believers you start misbehaving. <laughs> So rather, don't live in sin because the devil will undermine you. Yeah. Amen? Amen? So, that's where now the faith starts this way. It says, at that day, you shall know that I'm in my father and you are in me and I in you. Did you see that? I like it. That when Jesus is in me, it is Jesus doing things through me. Even when I speak this word now, it is not my word. It is the Lord Jesus ministering to you. Amen. When you come to church, you are not coming to hear the pastor. You are coming to hear the Lord. Amen. 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 When you call the pastor for help, you are not calling the pastor. You are calling the Lord. Amen. Because the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. To set at liberty them that are bound. Amen. To proclaim the favor of God upon his people. Continue verse 21. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he is the one that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Okay. Manifest myself to him. I like it when Jesus manifests himself to me. 
Continue. Judas said unto him, Not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, mm. and my father will love him, mm. and will come unto him and make our abode with him. Did you hear that? Did you see, do you see how powerful you are on the inside, in your spirit? We said man is a spirit. He lives in a body. He has a soul. So the real you is the spirit being. And it says, we will come unto him and make our abode. Let's use the word home in him. We will make and house ourselves in him. So when God houses himself in me, he wants to manifest into the world through me. So that's why now when I exercise faith, Galatians 2, 20 and 21, it says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself for me. So it is Jesus in me doing his works. So I want you to understand this so that then you can use faith just how Jesus used faith. Because now God, the Bible, Jesus says, we will come and make our home in him. And when God is in me, he's not just here for leisure. He is here to manifest himself. So it means even when I'm going to speak things, when I'm going to do things, when I exercise my faith, the other time I was giving you this example. Let me give you that example again. I was giving the example of a traffic officer, traffic cop. It doesn't matter the size of a traffic cop. Actually, most of them are short. It doesn't matter their size, isn't it? If a traffic officer with the right attire come and do this and your truck is coming with all the other couches that it's holding, coming whether it's code 14 or whatever, the traffic officer just does this. Do you think the traffic officer has got enough? When he wants to stop the does he try to I'm so strong. So to show that it's not his strength, if that guy wants to run over him, can't they run over him? They can. But why are they not running over him? There's something behind him. So the devil may look at you and think, ah, you. And maybe you are a lady and you, look, you don't look like a soldier. <laughs> you. The devil just does know he's mistaken. You must tell him looks are deceiving, devil. There is something in me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So whatever the devil is bringing against me, I'm, I've got a good backup. The father is with me. Because he says he will come and dwell in me. So the greater one dwells in me. Even when sickness wants to hold into my body and get hold and want to stay there. Cancer, you want to stay here. Sickness, you want to stay here. 
My body is not the temple of sicknesses. It is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And where the spirit of the Lord is, let the spirit of the Lord flush out everything that is of the enemy. The Bible talks about the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. The same power that God used to raise Christ from the dead dwells in you. So it means the power of God is in me. That's why when I have to exercise faith, I need to know who I am in Christ. And when I'm exercising faith, I'm not depending on my own physical strength. Amen. Can we go together to the book of Colossians chapter 1? Starting, we're beginning our descent now for today. Because I just want to show you how you can use the word of God to change things in your life, to change things in this evil world. The Bible says when we started it said, everyone born of God overcomes this evil world. And it said, we overcome the world through our faith. And I said to you, your faith, faith only begins where the will of God is known. You need to have the word for it. So that you can say it is written. Now, the word of God has power in itself to change things. Has got power in itself to bring things to come to pass. Do you know that there are some people who take the word of God like psychology? You heard people saying, you just need to be positive, my brother. We need positive thinking here. That's psychology. It's close, but it's not the real thing. Okay? It's psychology, just positive thinking. But when you believe the word of God, and you are positive because of what God has said, the word of God itself has got inherent power in it to make things happen. Amen? Isn't it the scripture we read earlier, it says, nothing that came into being came into being without the word. So the word has got creative power in it. So when I'm teaching you, and in this church, why we always teach you the word and we give you the word of God, we want to give you something that you can use. And when you speak that, especially when you are one with Christ, then your word has got power. Your word can change things. So Colossians 1, 4 to 6 NLT. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all God's people. You say we've heard about your faith. Mm -hmm. Which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. Mm -hmm. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. I like the good news. Mm -hmm. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. Hey. Can we say this same good news that came to me? This same good news that came over to me. It's going out all over the world. It's going out all over the world. What is it doing? It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. Okay. This good news, this word, is going out all over the world. It's going out everywhere. It's bearing news. It's bearing fruit. By changing lives. My life is better now. My life has been changed. By this word. Mm -hmm. 
Just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. Amen. So it's changing life. So if this word is changing life, if this word is changing life, I want this word. I want this word and this word, I will show you that it doesn't only change your life, it also changes your situations. Whatever thing that you need, when you have this word, and the spirit of the Lord is there, things will be manifested in the spirit, in the natural. You remember when Mary was told she was going to conceive and have a child? She said, how will it happen, seeing that I don't know a man? The angel said, the spirit of the Lord will overshadow you. You remember in the beginning it says, and the spirit of God hovered, brooded upon the face of the deep. I told you the other time, the simple example again from the African context. How many of you know, you know the, the hen, they, they lay eggs, those ones that lay eggs. Okay? And then you get the egg. If you just take the egg as it is, you break it, it's mixture. Okay? But if you take that very same egg, put it under the hen to brood over it. What happens 21 days later? Where did it come from? From that egg that if you had broken it at that time, you would have said there is nothing here. But just allow it to be brooded over. And then you will see life. So it means as we allow the spirit of the Lord to brood over our situation. As I'm keeping on speaking, I'm keeping on speaking this word. Sometimes, you see, you might find it's day 14. Don't worry if it's day 14. Some of you want to see a chick in day 14. Now you go and break that egg, you get nothing. Hey, the, the chick, there is no chick here. Wait. You'll see it in day 21. Amen. So, but keep on speaking that word. Keep on watering that seed. As you keep on speaking what you have seen God saying, the spirit of the Lord will be hovering and brooding over it. And then your miracle will come. Now, Romans 10, 17 says, So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it means this is the very same good news that is going all over the world and changing lives. It changed my life, but it's also going to change my situations I just need to have faith in that word. So as I keep on hearing the word, that's why I said thank you those of you who came to church today, even if it's cold, because you want to hear something. You want to receive something that will stir you up in your faith. There are challenges all of us we're facing, your, whatever challenge you're facing, you get the word, you stir up your faith, and then you say, I overcome the world. I've been stirred up now. I've been encouraged now. I can stand my ground. So when it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, it means that word hearing is a continuous tense. It means you hear it now, you keep on hearing, you go home. I told you you need to take notes when you are in church. You go and revise this. The things You hear me speak, but it's even more better when you hear yourself speak it. You remember the book, the Bible in the book of Joshua 1 verse 8, it says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Thou shalt meditate on it day and night. So if it should not depart from your mouth, it means you must keep on speaking it. 
And you don't only hear it as the pastor speaks it, you hear it as you also speak it. And faith will keep on coming. Faith cometh. Faith comes. Can we all say faith comes? But it comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. Keep on hearing. Faith will keep on coming. Now, some people want to exercise faith when they haven't heard anything. So when you come to church, you are not doing the pastor a favor. You're coming to hear so that your faith may be strengthened, so that you can overcome this evil world. The evil world is waiting out there with all its challenges, but let's have the word. So now look at this. We're preparing to land now. Romans chapter 1 verse 17. I will read Romans chapter 1 verse 17, but for those of you writing notes, it's exactly the same with Habakkuk 2.4, Galatians 3.11, and Hebrews 10.38. I said Romans 1.17 is the same with Habakkuk 2.4, is the same with Galatians 3.11, is the same with Hebrews 10.38. But we're going to read Romans 1.17. When the Bible says that this good news is going out everywhere changing lives. It changed your life first. But I want to show you that it starts by changing your life. After that, you can use the same word to change your situations. Amen? The word changes your life first, but you can use the same word to change your situation. When you have faith, you used faith to get born again. You used faith to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But you did not use faith there and pack it. You need that faith to live with it every day in your walk with God. Romans 1.17 Amplified Classic says, For in the gospel, the good news. You remember there we said in Colossians it says the good news. In the gospel, a righteousness of God which God ascribes is revealed both springing from faith and leading to faith. I want you to look at springing from faith and leading to faith. I want you to look at those two faiths there. Okay? There is the faith where the word comes and change your life and you believe in the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you accept him as your Lord and Savior. That is faith. But then, you can't just have that faith and end there. That's why you didn't have receive Jesus and die. You received Jesus and you continue to live. Now, as you continue to live, you need to use faith to live. And it says, as it is written, the man who through faith is just and upright shall live and shall live by faith. Do you understand that English? Huh? The man who through faith is just and upright, let's start, shall live and shall live by faith. Are you getting it? Okay. The man who through faith is just and upright. That's the first part of your faith. Okay. We get born again by faith. You believe that Jesus died for your sins. You didn't see it. You believe it. And you know he rose again from the dead. You believe it. Okay. And you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And then you leave. Okay. But after you live and you have received life, you continue to live by faith. 
So you got born again through faith, but you continue to live by faith. So any of you who is a Christian who says, I don't know how to exercise faith. No. You know, because when you accepted Jesus, you did it by faith. There is no way to accept Jesus without faith. Okay? So the way that you accepted Jesus by faith without seeing Jesus. How many of you have ever seen Jesus? Okay? But you believed him. Without seeing him. Okay? So you accepted him without seeing him. You used what? Faith. The same way that you used faith to accept him without seeing him. You can use the same faith to accept things that he has promised you without seeing them. Let me repeat. You accepted Jesus by faith. The man who through faith is just and upright shall live. And he says shall live by faith. So, the same way that you accepted him without seeing him. And you were saved. You can accept the things that he has in store for you without seeing them. And you will receive them. Is it simple? Or am I oversimplifying it? Let me start again. I said the same way that you accepted Jesus without seeing him. You accepted him by faith. You believed. You can use the same faith to accept things from him without seeing them. You accept them by faith. And when you accept them by faith, they will move from the unseen world to the seen world. So they will be manifested here on the earth. So let's go to Hebrews 11.1. 1. I think I just need a bit of your time because I just need to clarify this one. Hebrews 11.1. 1. We'll pick it up next week. But I want you to understand just Hebrews 11.1. 1. And then we'll end with Job 22.28. So Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, in the Amplified Classic. Hebrews 11.1 1 AMPC. Now faith, this is the faith that we said we want to teach you about, is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things. <laughs> I want you to look at that. Being the proof of things. We are talking about things that we don't see. Okay. So faith. Let's start with faith as a title deed. When you have a title deed. You know you have that thing even if you don't see it. Isn't it? Okay. Some of you I think title deed is too high a standard. Can I use a bank statement? <laughs> Can I use a bank statement at least? Even if it's negative. At least there is a bank statement. <laughs> Let's start with a bank statement, whether it's negative or positive, whatever. When you go to the ATM and you want to draw something and then the ATM shows you, you say balance, shows you the balance, okay? And let's say you know that you have put a certain amount of money in the bank and now the statement says, puts the money there, that's not what you know in the bank. 
You don't just accept it and say, uh-uh, this is not right, isn't it? But usually what the statement gives you, the statement is usually correct. <laughs> isn't it? If you punch there, the amount that you don't have, because you saw others punching the same amount. <laughs> but for you, it says contact your branch. <laughs> so it means the one who punched there and things worked for him, there was something there that they have. So they are just drawing from what they have. So that statement is the proof of what you have. Even when you deposit the money, it will give you a proof that you have deposited the money. So now, this is, I believe some of you, at least all of us, we've deposited something, isn't it, in the bank. So when you deposit, and then it gives you a receipt. Let's say you deposit five 200 rands, okay? You deposit that. And you do that in the machine that you don't even know. Maybe you do that, you are very far. You just trust that I put the money here. As long as now you go away with a receipt. Now, if they say you didn't deposit the money, how are you going to prove that you deposited the money? I've got the receipt. So the receipt is the evidence that I have the money. So if I go to the bank and now they don't want to give me the money, I will say, I've got the receipt. So similarly, faith. So instead of the title deed, let's use a receipt. <laughs> faith is the receipt of the things we hope for. Being the proof of the things we do not see. So the fact that I don't see my 200 rands with me. Some of you, your receipt, your statement says you've got a lot of money. But you, you just, you get that monthly statement. It's just a paper. You don't say, ah, it says 200,000. This is just a paper. Wait, bank, where is my 200,000? I want to see it. As long as you've got the paper, you've got it. Amen. Amen. So that's how faith works. So faith is like that. You are able to see it before you can see it with the natural eyes. So it says faith is the proof of things we do not see. So it means when I'm saying something and you say, ah, pastor, you know sometimes, let's say you are coughing a bit and somebody says, hey, you're catching a flu, brother. And then you say, by the stripes of the Lord Jesus, I'm healed. Then they say, no, you're lying. You see, you're catching the flu. <laughs> they are deceived by what they are hearing and what they are seeing. I'm operating in a different sense. I'm operating in faith sense. My faith says, by the stripes of the Lord Jesus, I'm healed. And as I keep on speaking it, I pull it from the spiritual to the natural. Tell them, if you can't see it yet, come back next week. Amen. And when they come back next week, now all of a sudden it's, oh yeah, you are healed. I was healed already, you just couldn't see it, brother. Amen. Amen. But because I'm a faith man, I saw it already before you can see it. Some of you wait for next week. No problem. Tell them they can wait. Any of you, when you are exercising your faith and they say, no, you're lying, you don't have it. Tell them, come back next month. Come back next year. Yeah. Amen. Amen. 
I know I have it, but because you want to walk by sight, we'll bear with you. Come back next time. So it says, it is the proof of things we don't see and the conviction of their reality. Perceiving as real fact what is not Is this not summarizing what I was telling you about? So it talks about it is real. It's just that it's not revealed to the senses. So can we say as children of God, I walk by faith. Let's declare, I walk by faith. I'm not moved by my senses. I do not walk by sight. I walk by faith. So in other words, I already have it. Even before it's revealed to my senses. Because I can perceive it through my faith sense. So when you are believing God for something and you feel in your heart that it's sorted, it's settled, you've got it. Amen? The Bible says, Believe you receive when you pray and you shall have it. So when I pray, I believe I receive by faith. And in the natural it can be seen later. So whatever you are trusting God for. I wonder, I'm going to give you time now. We are just going to make a declaration together as we close. Whatever you are believing God for. I want you to call it into being. I want you to use your faith to call it into being. Your faith can perceive it. Your faith, in your faith, in the spiritual realm, you know, I've, I've, I've heard a lot of these scriptures, these promises. I know this is mine. I know this is mine. My senses, it's not revealed yet to my senses, but I have it. So I'm going to keep on speaking it. If it's day 12, the spirit of the Lord is still brooding over it. That hen that's brooding over that egg and 21 days later, now you see that there is life. So we say God works behind the scenes. Even when you are here, God is working on your situations wherever those situations are. So you relax here, you are here in church, you are seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All the other things, may God sort them out for you. Let's land with Job 22, 28. And we're going to make these declarations together. Mr. MJ, Job 22, 28, New King James Version. You will also declare a thing and it will be established for you. Hmm. So light will shine on your ways. Okay. Repeat. You will also declare a thing and it will be established for you. So light will shine on your ways. Tell your neighbor it's declaration time. I want you to declare a thing. Amen. You saw how I showed you from the word and also how God declared light. And only later then he could see that the light was good. And I showed you that with faith, you are operating in the spiritual realm and those things will come to the seen world, but they are in the unseen world. 
So your faith is able to see what is in the unseen and bring it to the seen world. So now, when we are going to make a declaration, you know what you need from God. And I want you to declare it. But you can only declare it if you know that you have a relationship with Jesus. You remember when we started, Jesus said, I am in the Father, the Father is in me, and you are in me. So we've got to first be in Christ. Then when you make a declaration, you will be heard in the spiritual realm. You will be respected in the spiritual realm. Amen? So if you are here, and you have not as yet accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, after the service, you can come and see me. I'll pray with you and help you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So that when you now want to declare things, you will be heard. Going back to that example of a traffic officer, do you know that if that traffic officer does not, is not employed by government and now he wants to start stopping those cars, the cars will no longer stop because he's got no backup. you like the sons of Skiva. So I'm saying now to you, children of God, as we are going to make declarations, you will be heard because you are in Christ and because Christ is in you. When you speak, your situation thinks it is Christ speaking. Let me repeat. I said, when we are going to make declarations, you will speak like Christ. When you speak, your situation thinks it is Christ speaking. Because Christ dwells in you. Amen. You will also decree a thing. And it will be established for you. I want you to think whatever you want to decree. We are going to take two minutes and make decrees. Amen. And those of you who know you can't decree because you do not have a relationship with Jesus. I understand. Because the sons of Skiva were told, who are you? So the first thing is you have to have a relationship with Jesus. So I'm saying after service, come and see me. I'll pray with you to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But I want us to all stand up. Thank God for the word that we've heard. And I want you to take the same opportunity to make a declaration, to decree things. If you want to be more freer, whichever spot that you want to get for yourself, because sometimes, you know, there are people who listen to other people's prayers. as if they want to answer your prayers. So, so, so if you want to really feel comfortable and you want to have a spot, you want to make a declaration, you want to decree things. I'm, I'm safe here. I don't have anybody to hear me here. I can make my declarations more easily, more boldly. Okay? I want you to think whatever you want to declare, declare it. If you are a child of God, mountains will hear you. Mountains will move. As you make a declaration because Jesus is in you. Greater is in you, it's you, he that's in you than he that's in the world. But I said if you have not as yet accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, come see me after the service, I'll pray with you. Uh, do we do a song or do we just do a melody? Okay, you can just do a melody. And we stand up. And by the way, you guys also need things. You know the problem with musicians, they, they minister to us and they don't have time to. So you also have things to declare.
You can't just be helping us. We are receiving. You are saving. You also need to have time to, if it means if you feel now you are taken up and you really want to declare your things, put this thing in the automatic mode. It will be, it will be, it will be playing at the background and we are receiving. Because we all want something, isn't it? I've got things to declare. And I've heard that I will declare a thing and it will be established for me. And light will shine on my ways. So a melody and we stand up. Thank God for the word that we've heard. But think of the things that you want to declare. It doesn't have to be just one. You can declare things.